Brew Strong is brought to you by morebeer.com, where a man can brew like a man. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Back good with another morning. episode of Bruce Strong. I'm here in the studio with uh, my good buddy, uh, John Rock Palmer, and uh, Mike Tasty McDowell. Hey, hey. And I'm Jamel Zanishef, and uh, this is Bruce Strong. And, you know, uh, you know what's funny is uh, we were all just at the uh, long shot competition uh, over the weekend, and... Uh, Several times, you know, somebody in the distance yells out, Hey, howdy, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Giving me the salute. Huh? And I'm like, uh, you know, I really didn't intend for that to, to, to be, be your that catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, you know, it, it comes from like a Disney song. And, uh, right. you know, that my daughter really liked some years ago. We've been right. doing this for, you know, coming on four years. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, something my daughter likes. So... I don't know. I just I, I told her I'd say it on the radio one time, and uh, and then I just kept going, and you know, because she was asking me if I was still saying it. So right. to this day, I still am. Right. <laughs> you don't have to do it live anymore. We got it recorded so many times. We could just just play it. Right. For yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. I could right. just. Uh, yeah. I don't need to embarrass myself uh, exactly. anymore. But uh, speaking of which, embarrassing yourself. <laughs> you know, it's good for the. the You're good for your uh, skin, your very face. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps helps keep it, you know, healthy looking. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, uh, Mike, you're looking real healthy this morning. <laughs> yeah, you, you mean that facetiously? I think. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did well, you, you know, this brew, home brew competition is like, you know, you, you're judging it. Well, I don't judge, but I sell her. You know, you're there working all day, and you know, in the cellar, we got you know ample beer to drink, and so we're, you know, drinking beer. And then when the competition, the judging's over, you go drink, go more to beer. bars and drink more beer, and oh my god, it's like a. <laughs> 12, 13 hours of drinking. It looks like you came out of a coffin this yeah, morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little a swollen. I, 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 are my eyes open? I, I can hardly see out these no, slits. I was, was going to say, go ahead and go ahead and open your eyes. Yeah, right. right. You, need another, you need another cookie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and it, it's a great time, and, and I think the reason you know we all go out and have a few beers uh, after the competition's over because it's a whole bunch of friends. Have You're in good up. company. Uh, oh yeah, 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 definitely. Well, it's like the uh, the uh, the homebrew conference, you know, the national oh, homebrew conference. Yeah, you see people from all over the uh, the country, all over the world that, that have come in for the conference right. that you don't get to see but once a year at right. the conference. And, and then so, all the new uh, people you just meet, you, know, you definitely yeah. have something in common with every one of them. You're all homebrewers. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's just a great great old time. Yeah, nothing to do but sit down and have a beer with them and talk, talk, yeah, talk a little bit. <laughs> if you can speak, <laughs> yes, yeah. then then you would talk. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, usually John's a little more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, capable of enunciating. Uh, yeah, but I, I was out. At the, I was out at Barclays and the Trappist last night too. So, yeah, a uh, good night was had by all. Yeah, although you and I were were quite responsible, we only had a couple of beers, yeah. and, and we yeah. knew we needed to be on the on the, the radio today. Yeah. And uh, you know, for uh, credit to Tasty, he's here. He well, I showed up. You yeah, know. he wasn't. He wasn't gonna. I'm just a shell of a man, though. Here. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, what's the topic? Oh. Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about filtering. Oh, perfect. And uh, you know, uh, filtering is uh, an interesting subject, and not everyone does it. You know, and I think I think you, you know, there's people who uh, argue on one side or the other, whether it helps or hurts. And you know, I know award-winning brewers who 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 uh, you know are both sides of the fence. Right. And uh, for me, I, I haven't been you know I filtered a few times, but I really haven't been filtering because uh, I'm just damn lazy. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, why, why, don't you, why don't you start us off, uh, uh, Micah, you know, well, first off, you know, I'll define filtering beer. How about that? You know, it's, it's uh, moving your beer through a medium of some kind to uh, remove something in the beer that you, you don't want in there afterwards. And that might be for you know, clarity clear. or whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. So uh, why don't you go into those reasons for us? Why 
would I want to filter beer? Well, it, you know, I'll speak as to why I filter beer. Um, I I would say about eighty percent of the beer that I make is served, you know, away from my brewery. Um, generally, packing up, you know, five gallon kegs or two and a half gallon kegs of beer, and I take it out and I want to, you know, dispense it to uh, to people. And uh, you know, if I don't if I don't filter it, I'm always carrying around this, you know, bunch of yeast in the bottom and sediment that just gets stirred up. So when I get to the venue where I'm, you know, sharing the beer, which I love to do, um, I have a bunch of cloudy beer, and I really, you know, want everybody yeah. to appreciate the beer the way I get to appreciate it mm-hmm. at home. So um, so I generally filter things. Just Really, that's the primary reason. Uh, you know, like, uh, what I do is when I, you know, when I rack my uh, beer to kegs, I, I put it in a cold storage for a week before I filter it. Mm-hmm. If I just took that same keg and, and another clean, sanitized keg and just you know, threw the threw a fir- the first two pints away or drank them, and then I transferred the rest of that clean keg. I, I'd probably be you know pretty good shape as far as mm-hmm. clarity. I just because I have that other clean keg and I have the filter, I can take it a, a step further mm-hmm. and, and make a truly transportable and uh, and really a well conditioned beer. Because uh, my theory is that uh, what you're filtering out of the beer is the stuff that would just Settle out, uh, naturally. settle out through naturally through yeah. you know, through gravity. You because you can taste uh, yeast, and you can taste a lot of the fines that might be yeah. in beer that that take a long time to, to yeah, settle poly, out the dust. Polyphenols that you know can have a, a mm-hmm. rough edge to the beer. The uh-huh. yeast, you know, you get you get green beer flavors. I mean, you know, young beer flavors. Mm-hmm. You let those settle out, or if you filter them out, then yeah, you you clean up the flavor of the beer quite well and, and speaking on green beer you know it generally you know uh, they, they talk about acetaldehyde and kind of that green apple flavor and the young beer flavor mm-hmm. and in order to remove that you need the yeast right? that's right yeah but if, if you know if, if you're if you're a week into it in the cooler mm-hmm. and you've been letting it settle and you still have green apple flavor it's probably too late you should have yeah left the beer warmer uh, at the end of fermentation, for a little longer, right? To yeah, fermentation wasn't take done. care of that. But I mean, I when when you know that you've got fermentation finished, and the yeast just don't want to flocculate, they don't want to mm-hmm. settle out, um, or you know, you can see that you've got haze in the beer from polyphenols or whatever, you know. Um, but your fermentation is finished; you've, it's had enough time. Then, uh, yeah, filtering is a good way to, to clean that up. Because filtering won't remove acetaldehyde no, or any of that. No. Right. Those, those compounds are, are just going to pass right, right through the filter. You'll still have them. So it's not going to fix that kind of green beer problem. But I think, you know, the, the, my understanding is, you know, the, even if the bulk of your yeast settles out and it looks like it's clear... Mm-hmm. Um, there's still quite a bit of yeast floating around in there, and you can actually right. taste that. Yeah. And if you give it a little more time, uh, if you let that sit for like another month, then uh, you know the the flavor improves. Why does it improve? Well, like you guys are saying, that yeast and then then the polyphenols and any any of that other stuff, uh, you know, proteins maybe right. all that proteins stuff is, is settled out, right. uh, and that's improved the flavor. But what you're telling me is you can accelerate that process if you don't want to wait six right. weeks. Um, you know, you could you could filter it, and it takes yeah. you uh, you know a few minutes. Right? Yeah, I can have pint one taste exactly like pint number forty because they you know because a lot of times what you do is your beer gets better over time because you're conditioning it over time. So it's kind of frustrating as a home brewer, and I people tell me this all the time. The, the last half of the keg is just phenomenal. You know, they yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they don't remember the first half being as good. It's because it the beer is conditioned. That is, it's cleared up. You know? Well, and I'll let uh, I'll let my beer you know stay in the fermenter yeah. until I'm sure you know fermentation's done. The yeast is dropped. It looks you know brilliantly clear as mm-hmm. far as I can tell. Right. And then uh, you know I'll keg it or whatever, and then. Uh, you know, it'll sit a month in the keg, yeah, exactly. and then I'll have a few pints, and then I'll bottle up what's left over. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm bottling, it looks brilliantly clear. I don't see anything in it. But you let that sit for six months. You, you pour that beer out, and you see a fine film of sediment on the bottom, yep, and that's right. and that's uh, again something you could filter out. Yeah, right. right. And, and of course, uh, you know, fil- filtering is not all. You know, it's another transfer. It's another you know potential place to to mess up your beer. So mm-hmm, it's not you know. Mm-hmm. You make, you, when you take it on, you got to make sure that you're taking on you know another level of uh, you're doing sophistication and, and, and yeah. sanitation, and uh, you know trying to keep oxygen on your beer. It's really important, and you could really mess that up during filtering. 
Yeah, I guess uh, one one point to make is that filtering isn't necessary for to have great beer. No, not it necessarily. Is, you know, it is one path to yeah. a good beer. You can yeah. do you can filter it if you need it soon, or you right. can let it sit. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I do a lot of like recipe manipulation in terms of like fine adjustments. So if I filter, I think I can get to the to the essence of the beer a little bit easier. Because sometimes, like for instance, like yeast will hold the hop flavor, right? right? So if I've got yeast in suspension, I'm not really getting an accurate you know sensory evaluation of what, how hoppy this beer really is. Because mm-hmm. I got all these hop solids, if you will. Take mm-hmm. it along with the yeast, but if I filter that out, then I can essentially compare one batch to the other because it's uh, not a That's function a how much yeast is up in the yeah, air. and how much time's gone by. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, uh, you know, the other thing that uh, is you know commonly said against filtering, besides you know the complexity or cost or uh, you know possibility of screwing your beer up. Exactly. Um, although we'll cover that, and you, mm-hmm. you'll you'll tell us how to do it without any sort of problem, right? Well, yes. <laughs> no guarantees. You know. okay. I'm not going to yeah. come over and do right. it for you. But the the thing is, does filtering potentially remove too much of the flavor of a beer? Are you removing? Are you stripping out hop compounds? Are you stripping out uh, you know stuff that you do want in the beer? Is is that really uh, affecting it? Well, like I say, the 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 solids that you're filtering out, you know, things are attached to those solids. You know, whether it be a protein or a, a yeast particle, mm-hmm. you know, there's flavors attached to that. I don't necessarily feel those are flavors that are good for the beer, but some actually add, you know, character to the beer. But if I if I make a, a beer and I, you know, filter it, then I taste it, and then of course I put, if I put it in front of good palates like you guys, and you say the beer, you know, lacks this or lacks that, then I just go to the recipe and make an adjustment. Yeah. So you 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 drive that in. Res- yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So the rest it's a recipe issue. If I if mm-hmm. a filtering removes body, well then I, I take a look at my mash temperature. If it removes some hop hoppiness. Then I up the IBUs. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah, just I, a recipe issue. It's not okay. So the flavor is gone. Is flavor I can put right back. So into the so it does affect the, yeah. well, the flavor of the whatever. beer, it, right? It, um, it has to it to some degree, whether right. it's major or minor. I don't know. Even even affects color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yeah, seen color, sure. uh, you know some some information where uh, filtering reduces color by you know X number of SRM, SRM and uh, depending on the color of the beer yeah. and. Uh, same there. Uh, and if also, the color's not know, right. I just add more. Reduces bittering. Reduces, you know. So, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, production breweries they have to kind of deal with this, and some of them, uh, you know, they deal with the, the hop extracts in order to, uh, you know, they'll, they'll extract it. Uh, you know, add the extract after filtering, I Post guess, or, yeah, sure. you know, just to uh, dial it in and, and right. not waste extract, yeah. and you know, have it stripped out in the filtering. More consistent product, then. right? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but you're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, it, it's going to remove some stuff that. Uh, maybe you want in there, but you know, just it's a recipe adjustment. Exactly. You know? In the first place, you had to <laughs> design yeah. your recipe to give you a certain flavor. Yeah. If filtering yeah. is part of your process, exactly, you're just going to need to design your recipe with filtering in mind, and you know, either either. So essentially, we should do one or the other. You know, filter or not filter. Then. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, what I had always mean, been mean to do is because I make ten gallon batches, so I have five gallons of you know two five gallon kegs. Mm-hmm. What I should do, and I never seem to do, is just filter one and not filter the other, and then mm-hmm. bring them in. Bring them in to get you know we, guys we, like you with a we good do a palate tasting and say and which one we yeah, like, which one you would like the best, or which one you know does it does it seem muddled or not muddled or crisper or whatever the differences may be. You should probably do it without looking at it. We could do the well, not so looking we, thing, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. like we do on the other show. The can you brew it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, don't even see what the beer in the glass. Yes. We'll do it. Blind tasting. Blind tasting. Truly blind tasting. don't like me today with my eyes closed. You know? <laughs> right. right. And, you know, another reason I... Uh, Careful what you pick up. Though. I filter is, is I often find myself comparing my beers to the, the commercial beers that, that mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of the comparison, obviously, is how it looks. And, you know, so, you, you know, I, I can detect my, if my color, you know, is exactly like the, the commercial beer color, by you know, because it's filtered and they have the same, you know, clarity to begin with. And then, you know, the flavor, I think, is, is often affected by, you know, how much haze is in the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the craft brewers are, are not filtering, which is fine, except that they, a lot of them look like they need to. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, I'm okay with a little haze in a beer, uh-huh. but, you know, some of these are coming off, like, you know, pretty thick with a lot of yeah. stuff that, I don't you know, I know it's not, you know, I really don't, I'm not a big protein looks shake like guy. The, or looks like the public pool after, a a, uh, yeah. after Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Huh? I mean... <laughs> 
like I say, there's you know things attached to those particles, and uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. they're they're obviously adding to the flavor and the texture of the beer. Well, and I would still say that the majority of uh, craft brewed beer, professionally brewed beer, is brilliantly clear, yeah. and it's it's right. filtered and, and filter fine or centrifuge or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. and they might uh, you know add back yeast, like somebody like uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. They'll 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 filter it uh, and remove all yeast, and then they add back you know the appropriate amount of yeast for right. uh, bottling. Right. And so, you know, they may be naturally bottled, but um, it's because they're adding back yeast after the filtering yeah. process, which and I again, feel is very it's all important. In terms of, it's all a go- drive for consistency, batch to batch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a short break? And uh, when we come back, we can get into, uh, you know, what kind of equipment you need uh, in order to do some, some filtering, huh? Back after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. on this fine summer day. Sun's out, the kids are having fun, and I just got my shipment for more beer. But aren't you going to run into temp control issues with your ferment? Those yeast are going to fry. Normally I would, but this is temperature control month at More Beer, and they're having a huge sale on all sorts of products to help me keep my beer cool while the yeast do their thing. Really? Yeah, like these things here. With this stopper thermal well, this firm wrap carboy heater, and this temp controller for that old fridge over there, I can keep my beer at exactly the temp I want when I want. No more high ferments, no more unhappy yeast. Man, I gotta check this stuff out! You better hurry, the sale is only for this month. Well, alrighty, point me to your computer. And kegerator. I'm thirsty. Right over there. May is temperature control month at More Beer. Come join them for huge savings on things that you need to make beer this summer. Visit morebeer.com and click on the picture of Regan keeping cool in the swimming pool. Temperature control month only at Beer Beer and More Beer. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Catherine the Great Imperial Stout, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and happy hour all day Mondays. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. White Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2, and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hilo, what's your feeling? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. 
We're talking filtering with Tasty McDowell and uh, John Rock Palmer. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention was uh, if you're writing vial, White Labs vial, it's V-I-A-L. Okay. It's not <laughs> V-I-L-E. That's right. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> since they're one of our sponsors, uh, V-I-A-L, that's how you spell vial. Uh, the other is uh, the wrong type of uh, uh, spelling. Even though your spell checker may may miss that, so on the forums and stuff, V I A L, and uh, you know another thing that came up during the the break, as so often does, we talk about bodily functions, and uh, uh, it was mentioned how uh, you know uh, a heavily yeasty beer can be like a, a good dose of uh, colon blow, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeast tears me up. I mean, especially. I love going to the like the NHC and the homebrew um, festivals and so on. And but uh, boy, you get you get a, a young beer, you know, with a lot of yeast in it and so on. It's uh, super colon blow later on. I was okay. wondering why Palmer goes missing for like every thirty minutes at those conferences. <laughs> so, so we're not a, we're not sharing a room at the conferences yeah. here. Then. That's the, that's you know room fine. The can no GABF is all right. <laughs> Uh, NAC probably not, and uh, and I think the difference is filtering, huh? There's a lot of yeah. Well, you know, right. It's either you, as we said, earlier, you either filter to get rid of the yeast, or you let you give it enough time in the fermenter to settle out and mm-hmm. rack away from it. Because um, yeah, I mean, you know, I drink homebrew all the time, and you know, I lots of great homebrews at these festivals, uh, and usually no problem. It's the really young ones that have a lot of yeast in them that'll start setting you off. <laughs> I, I really would. I want to test this this theory, and I'm not All because right. I, I disbelieve, Just but give him a big slug of Vegemite. And that'll probably do. <laughs> you know, drink a, 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 a night of drinking Tasty's filtered beer right. uh, versus a night of of Chat's beer, who doesn't filter. And I'm curious. You know, well, same beer. There's another reason for me to filter one five gallon keg and not filter the other. I could actually give you the same beer, and you could drink it two All different right. nights, and yeah, and yeah. see if this does affect. Right. So you try the filtered beer, and you know, oh, we, we, or maybe blindfold on Palmer, right, <laughs> and have him drink. Right. Yeah, and he doesn't know which one, right. and then we'll see if he <laughs> explodes or not. How long? Yeah, what's a typical fermentation time on that? Okay, so the equipment we need is <laughs> a keg a of a filtered beer, a keg of unfiltered yeah. beer, a, a tasting glass, yeah, exactly. a blindfold, and yeah. a, a box of yeah. uh, adult diapers. Yeah, we'll call it. <laughs> Can you blow it? Can you blow it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, might be misconstrued. Oh, your, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, something good. Yeah. Hi. Colin Blow. Yeah, that's a good name for a beer, actually. Okay. Colin Blow. Yeah, well, somebody, hands that... you, somebody hands you a yeasty beer, you go, oh, Colin Blow. Cool. Yeah, Thanks. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the, uh, the FDA will uh, oh, okay. approve yeah. that. I wish, I wish I could have filtered my last beer because uh, <laughs> I brewed just. feeling it now? <laughs> no. <laughs> you need a. No, pan in here? Yeah, no. Just for for the Southern California Homebrew Fest, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I had I had brewed just two weeks before the fest, uh, doing a, a version of the West Coast Blaster from Brewing Classic Styles. <laughs> Coast Blaster, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, well, how appropriately uh, named? Yeah. A good amber ale, <laughs> and uh, but uh, I went I went to rack it uh, Thursday night before you know Saturday. Rack it to the keg, force carbonated, take the thing. Stupid car- carboy was still bubbling, um, oh, you know, and so were the-, the people who drank it. <laughs> so I mean, I I had, I had brewed ten gallons, and I intended to take both, but ended up only um, filling one keg and le- leaving the other in the carboy. Right. And uh, so I'll probably probably put that in the keg uh, maybe later tonight. It's been you know a couple three weeks. It's cleared up. The yeast has fallen, yeah. but uh, the, fir- the people that tried the beer at Fest said, "Oh yeah, it's really good." But you could taste, you know, there was a little green yet. I mean, there's still a lot of yeast in it right. and a lot of polyphenols and so on. It needed time to settle out. And so if I right. could have filtered that, I would have had that ready to serve. Right. Yeah, I find myself doing that quite a bit. Uh, is I'll, I'll do a two-week beer that is, you know, I'll brew it. And in two weeks in a day, yeah, you know, I, I'll be drinking the clear beer. It's a bit of, you know, it's a little bit of work. But uh, what I... What I Generally, wanted to make sure is that the beer is completely fermented out. Before mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like uh, be taking the yeast off the beer when it's still got more to go. So, because mm-hmm. like when you somebody hands you a beer that's not fermented all the way, they're giving you yeast and unfermentables. You're going to yeah. have a really active fermentation going in there, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> a real West okay. Coast blaster. West Coast blaster. All right. So, uh, what's the process? What kind of equipment do I need uh, to filter beer? Well, I, I use the, uh, the. I need a kegging system to start. Yeah, with? yeah. You got to be kegging beer. You're not going to do it any other way, and you're going to have to have a CO2 system. There are some filtration processes where you can do it with gravity. It just takes a real long time. Right. You know, just Get gravity is enough to push the you know, Use the shorts there. and just pile your beer on top and wait for it to drip through. <laughs> exactly. Probably not going to really... Well, you get a filter, but you, you don't have to necessarily push it from one cake to the other uh-huh. with CO2. So the, so the basic filtering process is a, a uh, you know, a keg of beer, hopefully uh, chilled and, and nice and cold, mm-hmm. you know, pretty close to, you know, 33 to 34 degrees. Carbonated to, to get or those, not get carbonated? Those, no, flat beer. You want to filter okay. flat beer. Now there are, you know, commercially they do it. They filter carbonated beer. You know, a lot of times they'll cap off the fermenters mm-hmm. and get you know three or four you know psi of free uh, CO two, mm-hmm. and then they'll uh, filter it. Then they'll force it. You know, top it off with uh, with their uh, bottled CO two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they have like equipment that's designed to take high pressure you know right. beer under carbonation. Everything I've seen in terms of home brewing, I mean, uh, the cartridge, uh, the canister uh, type filters. Some of those I've seen where you you know you, they do uh, filter uh, carbonated beer, but as uh, long as it can support it, the pressure, yeah, right. as long as it can handle the pressure right. to keep the CO two yeah. in solution, right. exactly. you can do it. Right. But so if you need to drop pressure yeah. going through the filter, it's, it's, it's going to the the CO two is going to come out in right. bubbles. It's going to form larger bubbles, right. and it's going to stop your, your right. filtration. It's right. really not going to do what right. you're you're intending to you, do. You know, and I've experienced that because again, I I rack my. Uh, you know, finished beer. You know, my uh, beer to my to the keg, and then I put it in cold storage for a week. Or that's generally my procedure. Sometimes I do it right away. But those that are in there a while, they, they tend. You know, there's a little bit of lagering going on, even if it's an ale, and uh, it is building up a little bit of CO2. And I can mm-hmm. see that come out of solution when I do the filtering. It's only like a probably a one psi or something like. But it's never very much because mm-hmm. the beer, you know, is, is really. Uh, so it, was, it was already fermented out pretty well, and you're gonna you're gonna push that beer out of one keg right. through the filter and then into another keg, right? right? Basically, so yeah. you need at least another keg, and right? another clean, sanitized, you know, keg, and uh-huh. uh, you know, the same, you know. Any other equipment you need and little well, pieces, parts? What's uh, the cans, the filtration? Okay, well, canister. okay, you got two, you know a couple of different choices in the middle. You can use the the cartridge filters that, that take the canister. Uh-huh. There's also this uh, six sided, I call it, uh, basically a wine filter that. Uh, Several of the uh, homebrew supply stores sell. It's like a plate filter. Yeah, it's called a plate filter, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. It's got you know, it's got like a two round uh, pads uh, that go in there that uh, do the uh-huh. filtering. That that's what I use. I've been using that for a long time. I find it, you know, it, it works out well on uh, ten gallons of of uh, cold conditioned beer, or five gallons of not cold conditioned beer. That is, if you're trying to have a thirteen day beer. You're gonna, you know, not gonna be able to filter in terms, right. of, so if, in if, terms of the uh, yeast mass that you have to yeah, filter out, right? Because it'll, cl- it basically, it's kind of made where uh, the more it gets clogged, the, the, the it filters just as well. But at some point, it just it goes so slow that it's not practical. There's only so much load that right. the filter will take. And yeah. uh, the, the the mass will start blocking all the little pores yeah. that the beer can travel through, right. and, and you get stuck. So right. if you spend some time letting your yeast settle out in the beer, give right. it a little bit of time to right. settle, right. and then filter it, you're able to filter more. Right. And you filter it cold because the chill haze, which you can see when the beer is cold, and, the, and you can't see when it's warm. Uh, Obviously, okay. if you can see it, it bigger particles. So get them while they're big, because the filter will catch it better mm-hmm. when it's cold. So the colder, the better. You get it right. down to about uh, just about freezing. That's, yeah, really, as cold as you can get it. And so I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the night before I'm going to filter beer, I'll rent, you know, get it down, you know, below freezing. That mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the alcohol is keeping it from freezing. Kind right, of thing. right. Uh, depending on the alcohol, you can go x number of yeah, degrees bigger below beers. Right. freezing and right. and be okay. Right. So uh, uh, you're going to push it through this filter. In your case, you're using the plate filter, or right. there's the cartridge filters. Right. Now on any of these, you know, once I filter a beer through it, um, you know, what's reusable? Are you know, do I have to throw away the pads each time, or the yeah, the, the each system time? I use, the pads, yeah, are, are thrown are thrown away. Okay. There are uh, uh, filters you can get for the cartridges that you you clean. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, cleaning is you know a relative term. How, how clean are you getting it? Right. I think. Uh, you have to use a, a, a lye uh, solution to really to get those clean. Mm-hmm. You can physically knock the yeast out of it, but 
Acoustics. I wouldn't be. Yeah. I think you'd have to get into caustics to really to get that. I mean, think about it. Next time you're going to use it, you're going to run you know some of your fine beer through there, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's still vulnerable. It's, of course, yeah, it's got some alcohol, so it's not you know it's not like water or anything like that. But you want to make sure that when you run your second other beer through that filter, that you've got really clean and mm-hmm. uh, and from yeah, that, you don't want to transfer mold right. into the beer. Right. Now, what a lot of people do is uh, they'll run sanitizer through their filtering system before they mm-hmm. filter their beer. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. How do you sanitize? How do you get all set up, and how do you get uh, get uh, everything sanitized so you're sure that you're not adding contaminants of some kind to your, your beer and, and, right. and making it worse? How, how do you ensure against that? All right. Well, what I do, and and, and it, it, with what uh, other people, you know, with the alternate is is to do a little bit more than that. Is I'll I'll sanit- clean and sanitize the the uh, uh, can the canister and uh, my plate filter basically. I'll, I'll send all the lines. I'll run sanitizer, you know, through that, and then then I'll uh, you know lock off the loose sanitizer, get everything out of the lines. Then I'll add the pads. So, so I'm giving the pads the benefit of the doubt. That they're at least clean, mm-hmm. you know. Sure, I, they're not sanitized, and I'm not running sanitizer through them. But I'm, I'm letting the the, the uh, alcohol in the beer protect me from that side, and I, I don't think I've had any problem. Now, some people run sanitizer right through with you know the cartridge and or filter mm-hmm. pads right in there. I don't know. I'm not too comfortable with uh, you know doing that. Of course, well, I'm I suppose gonna, you know if if you're sure that it's pushing all the liquid out. Yeah. Uh, when you run the beer through, right. you only you know just toss a little bit of beer, and then you know it yeah. should be, it yeah, should be yeah. uh, just fine after right. that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, when you do that, you know instead of running the first pint of beer into the target uh, keg, run that into your dump bucket. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, and 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 here's one one question. Um, you know, what about filter sizes? Now they got uh, you know five micron, ten micron, three micron, two right. micron, one micron. Right. Uh, you know, w- why would you use uh, a different micron filter? What what are each designed for? Uh, you know, is is uh, you know if I want to sterile filter my beer, I've heard of that. Uh, you know, is that possible to do on the homebrew level? Or uh, yeah, can, you, can yeah. you not push uh, hard enough? Or well, uh, you know, do you, do you do multi-step filtering? Should you do a rough filter first <laughs> and then go to a finer filter? Uh, if you're going with a real fine filter, you getting all plugged up real quick. Uh, a lot of questions on 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 filter sizes. Yeah, the uh, what I found, and I'm not surprised I found this, is that. Uh, if you want to do a fine filtration, the beer has to be, you know, very well conditioned, you know, very, very cold, uh, and uh, to do like approaching sterile, which I think is one micron or half micron, yeah, half would be like about as good as we could do as home brewer. Yeah, and uh, that's but, to get the haze out. Yeah. You've, already, you've already taken the yeast out. Yeah, I've already. Yeah, right. You've already had either dropped out physically through, you know, cold storage. I only time, occasionally, I'll. Uh, I always use like seven micron filtration for for all the beers I do, and I've had brilliantly like, clear lagers, and of course all the ales come out fine. But then occasionally I'll get a haze in, in a lager for some reason, and of course I immediately go back and think about process and mash temperatures and how that went because that's a problem. I shouldn't have to shouldn't have a haze after seven micron filtration. But when I do, then I go do another filtration like a three micron, and then that that, that cleans it up. And this plate filter you use, there's. There's uh, different uh, pads. Yeah, different pads. You can, you can, right. You so get... I usually, you know, I keep a big stack of seven micron around because that's just about my base filtration, and mm-hmm. and I got some like, backup pads that are three micron that I pull out when I've got to do another transfer, you know, another filter, which is you know pain in the neck because you got to clean another keg and that kind of thing. Yeah. If it's for, it's only if I'm, you know, that that you know that beer is, is probably filtered and you know clear, clear enough for my purposes, which is uh-huh. to. You know, take it around and not worry about yeast getting stirred up. Right. But if it's for like a competition, then I would typically uh, yeah, do another filter. So let, let's say you go to our, our sponsor, uh, morebeer.com. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and you can find this this filtration system there. Yes. What are people looking at for the equipment to get to? Oh. Let, let's say you already got a kegging set up. Right. Um, you know, what's what's the cost of a, a filtering system? And what are the costs of the consumables like these pads? All right, right. Well, the, uh, like the, uh, Six-sided uh, plate filter that I use, I think it costs like, uh, I think it's fifty dollars, but that's without any of the tubing, you know, the quick disconnect. So with mm-hmm. the tubing and, some, and clamps and disconnects, it's about I think seventy dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the pads, I think they run about uh, two dollars a piece, so it'd be about oh, four dollars to to filter. 
Okay. You know, ten gallons of, of well, uh, condi- you know. So it takes two pads each time. Each you, time, you right? Use it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a, yeah, it's a two-sided uh, kind of deal. Uh-huh. So it's basically, it's a, yeah. So it's a re- you know, so basically, it's a it's a flat filter, and it's got a, enough room to hold about twelve ounces of beer in it. You just push in beer in one side, and, and you know, it's got to go through the filters to get out. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what about uh, something? You know, I think one of the reasons uh, people give for pushing sanitizer through their filter first is, or or sterile water, is that uh, it eliminates uh, oxidation uh, that could occur yeah. if you're if you're pushing beer through uh, an empty filter. Is is that true? Or? Yeah. Well, yeah. When uh, after I run the sanitizer and, and get it all off and put the pads in, then I flush the whole system with CO two before I start pushing beer through there. I don't want to uh, push a a whole big batch of oxygen mm-hmm, into yeah. my uh, ta- into my the okay. target tank. That would be like a bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad thing to do. Yeah, that's true. Right. So a lot of people forget to do that step or don't think to do it, and it's it's really pretty important because again, you, you, every time you do any sort of transfer of, of beer, you're you know subjecting it to some problems. So you got to be extra careful. And and what sort of uh, oh. uh, so so you have uh, you have your beer. And uh, you've got it cold. You've you let it settle for say a week yeah. to drop out the bulk of the yeast. Right. You're going to use a seven micron filtration or maybe a five micron filtration, kind of fairly uh, rough filtration, I guess, but but fine enough to It'll, really polish it up. Yeah, most beers look good. And then uh, you're going to uh, have a real cold. You're going to run sanitizer through there, and then you prefer to to push the sanitizer out with CO2 before right. you run your beer in, right. and then uh, run some beer. Out, you run a little bit of beer out and discard discard that, and right. then you hook up to your your next keg and, right. and run it in there. Right. And you run these out of the uh, you're coming out of the uh, the beer out on one keg. Yeah, it's like two beer going, out connectors, right. and you're going into the beer out on your second exactly. keg. Exactly, two black so connectors. Right. So it's uh, it's gently laid in on the bottom, and you flush yeah. that with CO two. Yeah, as well. well, yeah, it's absolutely right. a flush keg, right? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay. And uh, what kind of pressure are you using to to push the beer? Can can you use too much pressure or too little. Or? I've well, I've, yeah. I, uh, I don't. It doesn't, in my plate filter doesn't seem to make any difference. I've, I normally do it about five psi. Um, so I'm doing again two five gallon kegs. The first one uh, takes about uh, fifteen to twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. The second one, again, this is normal. This is the average. Takes a little about thirty minutes. A little bit more sometimes because again, it's getting more clogged up as it goes. And uh-huh. you think about a, you know, a graph. It's just going to take longer because there's more. You know, it's getting more, it's getting more clogged up as you go along. Mm-hmm. And and uh, is this a set it and forget it? You you, you start it going and you go and <laughs> go and have a beer. No, or, no, or no, is there no. a possibility of leaks? Yeah, well, like again, that? you got it. You got it's an open transfer. There's you're not that beer's not going to go into the target keg unless you're releasing the pressure on it. Mm-hmm. That means you've got something open, right? Whether it be the pressure relief valve or mm-hmm. well, that's all, that's all I really need to do. Yeah. You can no. crank a little, little bit, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, one of the rules is you you can't leave the room uh, when you're uh, filtering, and I know that from experience. I've <laughs> come back to the garage after like oh I oh shit I watched an episode of Lost or something and forgot that I was filtering beer just to come out and see the beer the was whole, lost all over the yeah the beer was lost you know all over the fo- you know, over the floor just a bunch of foam right because you're pushing CO two into the bottom once they're going uh-huh. out of source beer and it's just and you had left up. the the top uh, yeah uh, open yeah it all comes out and then one of the things that uh, you find from uh, I guess it was the head retention show maybe yeah uh, is that you know if you bubble CO two through your beer a long time out, you're, yeah. you're you know those uh, head forming proteins they form only yeah. once they get yeah. used up they break up and uh, then you, you end up uh, even right. if you didn't lose the beer you'd right. uh, you'd end up with something that never formed a head and kind of kind of makes it weird right so now so so now I added another feature to my thing I have got these uh, little. Twenty-nine dollar leak leak detector things. Like if it gets mm-hmm. wet, this, this, this alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. So I just put that on top of the uh, target keg or the, yeah, the target keg, so mm-hmm. that if. Uh, but I, you know, they so ha- you are leaving the room. You said no, you can't leave the room. <laughs> well, I'm and here. You're I'm, just I'm, describing I'm, all well, the I'm, times you've been leaving the well, room. I'm, I can't preach like, oh yeah, you can go out. You know, fifty set o'clock, come back. It'll be. You. Don't worry uh-huh. about it. Uh-huh. I know you have to worry because I've lost a lot of beer. I uh-huh. mean, if people would have lost as much beer as I had, they they would not leave the room. So I'm just right. telling them where they need to be. Sure, but you still leave the room. I do leave the room because yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, thirty yeah. minutes. I could do. You know, well, you I could, could rub one out in thirty minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah one yeah, last yeah. actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
So, you know, there's things to do. So, you know, I have to leave, you know, leave the door open so I can hear the alarm if it goes uh-huh. off. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it has saved me many, many times. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay. It's like 30 bucks. So. That's a that's a good tip. That's yeah, a good you tip know, right and speaking of tips, I have a sheet that I send to people that, you know, email me about filtering that's got... Like some tips about filtering and that kind of thing. If anybody wants that, yeah, uh, oh, we should post email. Me. Did you bring that with you today? Uh, no, I don't travel with that. No, no. Do you have it in your mind? Well, yeah, we're covering most of it. Yeah, we, but, yeah. We, so we can get you to, to hit. To hit yeah, 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 yeah. These are pretty much what's in that. Sheet any actually. any remaining uh, um, uh, ideas there? All right. So yeah. so uh, why don't we take a short break and we come back? I, I've got a question about finings and the, the whole effect on filtering of findings, and then uh, maybe you can give us uh, some more tips off your your sheet there. Okay. All right. Back after this. Your carboy cap on. This is Bruce Strong. We'll be right back. In the past year, the Brewing Network has been able to add two new shows, expand our studio capabilities and quality, and bring more beer information home to you than ever before. In no small part, this is due to subscribers like you. Thank you from all of us at the Brewing Network. Without your monthly support of any denomination, we could not bring you the very best in live beer radio like Can You Brew It? Brew Strong and the Sunday Session. Haven't signed up yet? Join your fellow brewers in the BN Army. Sign up today at thebrewingnetwork.com for a recurring donation as little as $2 a month. Besides all the great live radio you'll support, every subscriber is automatically entered in monthly raffles for amazing brew gear like a conical firm a temperature control system, or your own draft setup. Become a part of the Bee and Army today. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. Been disgusting. I mean, what's disgusting? Well, I guess we got into the cold and blow and all that. Thank you. Kind of got disgusting. Yeah, we got to change your image a little bit, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. We were talking about ass way too much on this show. Well, not on this show. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, more on the, I, had, I had a beer yesterday. Can you that, brew it in yeah, the Sunday great. session and... Definitely on that other show, I think that's all they talk about is ass. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't that's have to really to ask, they, they... Starts with that and ends with that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was saying, you know, the... I had a... Yesterday when we were judging, I had a beer that... Uh, tasted taste, like ass? Yeah, it tasted like goat <laughs> hair, actually. It was... Oh, it's a, a little bit worse than ass, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was de- definitely a Breton uh, infection. What I, what I, I want to know is, you know, why, why you know what goat hair tastes like? Why are you biting a goat <laughs> You know what the goat hair is like. I, I mean, I, what are you doing with the goat that your 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 mouth needs to touch the goat's hair? Well, I can only milking, think of one thing. You know? Yeah, milking. <laughs> milking. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you put it in a glass first, then you drink the uh, the milk. But if well, okay, maybe in your family, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the passion of the goat. Yes, uh, a lot of goat going on in these shows. I don't know why. Be a bestiality. We'll cover that on the other show. <laughs> Yeah, that's again for Love Strong. Yeah. We'll be we'll be covering bestiality right. uh, next Love Strong episode. Bestiality, don't miss it. Uh, all right, so a uh, couple of questions here for you. Um, 
uh, as far as uh, finings, now you, you add a, a kettle finding, right? When you're when you're brewing, mm-hmm. so that might be an Irish moss right. or a uh, a Whirlflock tablet or something along those lines, yeah. right? Those are all carrageen. Yeah. Okay, and then. Should you add some sort of finings to your beer before you filter it? I've heard that that would uh, increase the effectivity of the uh, the filtering. That essentially ensures picking up a lot of those real fine particles without going with a real fine uh, filter pad. But yeah, does could, it clog it easier? Or what's well, you the, could, you could do it. I mean, there's the different findings have uh, or affect different kinds of particles i mean you've got your irish moss which mm-hmm. is a protein coagulator the carrageen helps that helps the proteins in the boil coagulate and settle out um you've got isinglass which is a uh, uh again a protein attractant and helps the yeast flocculate out um there's uh uh gelatin which again helps uh, helps the yeast come together and flocculate out um silica gel is a um let me think yeah Sil- silica gel is a pro- again a protein a protein attractant helps bind the proteins helps settle out um pvpp is a, a polyphenol attractor and helps the polyphenols bind and settle out so uh, you know and especially when you get into the polyphenols i mean you're in, in some of these proteins that cause haze uh, if you're trying to, you know, filter that out, you'd be better off uh, adding these findings to the keg mm-hmm. and letting that those findings do their job mm-hmm. and Let it settle, settle out, out completely. So you're not running it the right. findings through your filter. Yeah, because then then you could, you know, and those wouldn't affect the yeast as much. You could go with your seven micron filter, mm-hmm. which has a good, you know, throughput. I mean, in terms of you know right. flow speed. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you could you could use that seven micron filter and get a brilliantly clear beer because you've left the bulk of your haze in the keg mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ahead of time. Okay. Now, uh, what about uh, pressures when you're when you're doing this? You talked about uh, you know like five psi. Right. You know what's what's the you know are these filters rated with a certain limit? One type of filter <laughs> yeah. can hold more pressure than another. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's a danger. I know the the canister uh, cartridge filter systems. Uh, can take you know quite a bit of pressure. They're they're rated quite high. If you've ever seen them, that most people have them for their water filter, mm-hmm. for their you know, carbon filter. But so they can it's that same unit, and it can sixty psi. Yeah, or whatever, it's a really really house thick, pressure. Yeah, is. a lot of a lot of yeah it handles uh-huh. that much you know uh, water pressure, which is sometimes as high as sixty. So you know it's you know mm-hmm. CO two pressure. It's going to be up in that same range. I would you know I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, now the plate filter that's that's not rated that much. I. Sometimes I'll run it as high as 10 psi. Mm-hmm. I get maybe up to 11 or 12. I might get a little bit of leakage, but mm-hmm. I I would say that I, you know I filter a zillion batches a year, and I imagine nine out of ten times I get no leakage of any beer whatsoever. There's mm-hmm. no not a drop spilled. I could you know just set it on the kitchen floor, and I wouldn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, once in a while, again, especially if I have like a clogging issue into the second five gallon keg. I have I turning up the pressure to make get it to move along a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I don't notice any difference in the filtering. Like you think, well, uh, if you're running the first keg at five psi and the second one at like ten, maybe the clarity is going to be different because you're doing it faster. Never have noticed any difference. Well, because there's no attraction going on. Yeah, it's, really, it's just really just forcing it through it, a, yeah, a sieve essentially, right, and uh, right. you know certain parts get stuck and uh, they're too big to go through, yeah. and other parts uh, right. uh, just pass right through. So yeah, the uh, pressure, fil- you know, you might drive some slightly larger pieces that are on borderline may <laughs> right. pass through under a higher flow rate. Right, right. But uh, you know, as long as the flow rate remains the same, pressure right. shouldn't. Uh, yeah, shouldn't the only time there. pressure would be an issue is in 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 uh, case of both filter types mm-hmm. is that if you run it up high and you you might blow past the the gasket if you will mm-hmm. that's keeping you know the beer from into the right path instead mm-hmm. of bypassing your filter uh, okay. so that would be you know the only consideration is well, what the gasket's hold whatever up. kind of tubing you're using and yeah, the tubing the, yeah, connectors exactly. it's only going to be as strong as the weakest link exactly. so uh, you know if you if you hard plumb a uh, water filter uh, designed for 100 psi into a house yeah you're you're okay there if you hook up a little bit of uh, thin wall vinyl tubing with uh, a hose clamp, yeah. uh, you're probably going to have an explosion and kill yourself with one of those uh, pieces of tubing. So you want to be <laughs> yeah, kind of careful. Blow your beer all over the place. Total, yes. total pressure you use. Right. All right, so th- this show's done live. You know, thanks to uh, our great sponsors like uh, Downtown Joe's, 
www.downtownjoes.com. You know, let them know that uh, you heard us and uh, you appreciate them sponsoring us. You know, go down to Downtown Joe's in downtown Nepas. Yeah. Uh, say hi great to them. Beer, have, great have food, a beer. Yeah. Great uh, company. Uh, and great service. I love that place. And, uh, you know, or just yeah, drop them an email. Info at downtownjoes.com and say, hey, hey, thanks for uh, sponsoring the show. Same thing for uh, more beer. Good folks and uh, good products, good prices. And uh, that brings me to... Uh, a whole live chat, and you can listen to these shows live. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a live uh, question and answer show coming up right after this where you can ask all your questions, and we'll that's the whole show. We'll be answering them all uh, as you go. You can do it in the chat room, or you can actually call in on the uh, the uh, toll-free beer line there, and uh, that should be great. And uh, what do we got in the chat room today for filtering? few questions. Uh, let me just add to the Downtown Joe's thing, too. You get a BN Army discount if you go in oh. on beer. I do believe it's 10%. Wear your BN Army gear. Get money off your beer. That's, you already you already went the to the Brewing Network store, picked up a, a cool hop grenade <laughs> shirt like I'm wearing. It's going to pay for itself. Or a Bruce Strong shirt like uh, Tasty McDole is wearing. Yeah. Or uh, probably even a hat will work, right? Hat will work just fine. a sweet BN mm-hmm. Army hat with the grenade on it. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, cover up that... Uh, that uh, giant ugly melon you have, yeah. and uh, you know you get yourself a, a discount. A hat will pay for itself. Uh, one oh, night, yeah. uh, one night of drinking, right? Drink fast. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you know, ten percent. Right. You'll you'll pay for a hat. No problems. All right. Some questions about filtering. Uh, here's a good one for you, Tasty. Cool. Um, if your plate filter takes two pads, mm-hmm. can you put one coarse and one fine filter in at once? Uh, is it any more or less efficient that way? I don't know. Efficiency, I don't know. I have to answer a different question. The question would be, what effect would that have? Well, to me, the effect would be that, you know, the you're putting a constant pressure to, to, to the inside of the filter. So, you know, I would have guessed that a certain, more of the beer is going to go through the 5-micron side versus the 3-micron side because of the resistance of the 3-micron. But it's going to go through both sides. I mean, there's more pressure on the inside than, than on the outside. Obviously, that's why it makes the beer move. Well, so, I mean, you're going to have sort of a combination kind of a filtering and a, thing. And eventually, it'll, it'll you know, path of least resistance, like right. you were saying and earlier. That, it'll, and it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll go through there on the 5 micron side until it, it loads right. up, and then probably you'll, you'll get beer through the 3 micron side as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we should explain how the, the plate filter works, oh. right. because what, what you do is you have a chamber where the beer is fed into the middle of the chamber, right. and then the pads are on each end of the chamber. Right. And yeah, both of those tubes, both of those outlets, I mean, you have more surface area to filter it that way. Right. Both of them feed to the outlet. Right. So... Um, as as Tasty's saying, if one's a fine and one's a coarse, a majority of the liquid's right. going to go through the coarse. Well, imagine imagine right. like a pizza, right? It's not the, in series. The, the liquid is being fed in through the side of the crust. Mm-hmm. That's where the liquid's going in. It's not right. going through the center of the pizza, the middle of the right. pizza where it's cut. Right. It's going through the side of the crust, and right. it's traveling out the other opposite side of the pizza. Well, yeah, and yeah towards the, the outside. The filter pads are right. on either side, and 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 you're you're traveling between the two. Right. Yeah. So, and those are pressed together by the the plastic. Well, no, there's, no, there's so. well, there's the, the space. That's where yeah. the the beer, you know, the pressure, the beer under pressure is mm-hmm. develops. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it's essentially two. Two large pad circles, so you get more filtration area. Yeah, you're not, it's right. not you're not feeding the the beer through them in series. No, it's uh, they're in parallel. Right, exactly. So yeah, I, I don't know. I guess the, the bottom line would be you, if you use a five and a three, you're going to get a four micron filtration. I guess, but you're going to have you're going to have particles as as big as that go through the five. So mm-hmm. you know you know you're really not going to have any four. You're going to have basically a blend of two different beer. You know right. Filters. And, and uh, one thing about these filters is you know they they're rated like uh, this will filter out ninety seven percent of yeah. five micron particles. So you will get right. a certain yeah, percentage right. going through. Right. You know certain things they'll they'll go by they'll oh, go yeah. through uh, on their sides right. maybe or right. you know the, there's just yeah. a certain way it's and the the filter material is not um, right. you know super precision. So there may be some larger gaps in there. And, and that's oh, yeah, why you, you, it's it's not a an exact uh, perfect uh, you know nothing. No, it's not getting everything at all. No, right. in fact, you know, like when I finish a uh, a keg of you know of beer that I had filtered, there's sediment in the bottom. It's just not enough that you would you know if mm-hmm. you shook up the keg during some part of the dispensing of it, you wouldn't even notice it would still be clear beer. But there is sediment in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Other questions were some some clarifications. Tasty. Uh, Clarification, this filtering is uh, is done pre carbonation. Yes, always pre carbonation. I, I mean, the canister filters. I think they hold enough pressure. You could, you know, basically develop, uh, you know, 
enough pressure to uh, push the beer and keep it in solution. But uh, I really don't recommend that. I think you're going to. It's a lot, a lot of it's going to come out of uh, out of oh. suspension. You're going to be, you know, stripping. Well, the, uh, and even proteins. while you can, you know, if you can keep, if your if your pressure you're pushing the beer with is uh, higher than what you carbonated it with. Well, it'll it'll stay in solution until it gets to the other side. Yeah, if you're if you're bleeding off uh, pressure off of the the right. incoming tank, um, you know it's gonna it's gonna bubble and foam there as you're as you release pressure. Yeah, so the, you, 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 it's just well, probably not worth a, it unless yeah. you really uh, can can yeah. have some strict control over that. Right. I mean, it can be done. Basically, when you're doing a, a pressure uh, filter. It's a closed system, right? That is basically you get if you get the source keg at, at a higher point of gravity than the target keg, you basically equalize the pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just let a little bit off the target keg and then close it back up and let gravity mm-hmm. be the differential between the the two. Mm-hmm. Then then you that is the only way you could attempt to do a uh, tends to go much slower. It goes much but slower. But you could probably do that unattended and go watch loss. Yes, because it's a closed yeah, right exactly. There you are. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay, another question uh, that, that a listener had is not really about filtering. He wants to know what we think about cold crashing for clarifying. So just real quickly, uh, you know, after fermentation, do, do you guys cold crash? Is it an effective way to... Yeah, I just, yeah. I just put a, the beer in the keg and stick it in the fridge mm-hmm. in the 30s. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. Walk away from it. That, it's a good way to get your polyphenols to settle out and your ha- you know, get, get some the haze to, to coalesce and, and drop out. Okay. And then the most important uh, for you, Tasty, uh, Death Rider in the chat room uh-huh. uh, would like you to bring your uh, sheet to the Doze meeting uh, at the next meeting okay. so, so that he can look at it. All right, I'll bring it. There you go. A message delivered now that I'm your secretary. Yeah, right. Uh, that's it, guys. It's all you. All right. So did you cover all the tips that you had? Let me think. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely my tips include the uh, water detector alarm. That's an right. important part of any <laughs> yeah. open transfer. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so uh, basically, we you know the, the reason why you want to filter is uh, you know clarity and and uh, you know serving beer without a lot of muck in the bottom. If you want to transport your beer, that certainly makes it better, and it can accelerate conditioning in, in removing uh, polyphenols and yeast that can uh, give it kind of a rough uh, flavor yeah, some, right. and uh, kind of accelerate things instead of waiting uh, you know two months uh, for the all that stuff to settle out. Uh, you know you can have it done in two days yeah. and uh, well, make make. Like we like we noted earlier in the show, you, filtering does not take care of yeast function in the right. beer, cleaning up acetyl, acetaldehyde or diacetyl mm-hmm. um, or CMS some, or anything like that. Right. You need to have proper fermentation in order to do that, and that, that's that's the step one. But if you got that, then this can this can uh, help uh, get things ready a little quicker. Uh, it does remove some uh, flavor and uh, aroma compounds from from the beer, but you can make up with that by adjusting your recipe, just like you would for water or you know, right equipment size or anything sure. like that. And uh, what you need, uh, as far as equipment goes, you got to have a kegging system, and uh, you uh, can go with one of these plate filters or a cartridge filter. Essentially, uh, you you chill the beer down, uh, nice and cold. Let it settle for a week to get rid of the bulk of, of stuff, and then uh, push it through the the uh, equipment. With uh, first run sanitizer through mm-hmm. it, then uh, blow some CO two through it to drive out the sanitizer. Then run your beer through uh, under a few psi of pressure. Uh, Five you know, to ten. Keep, yeah. keep an eye on it, uh, and whatever the equipment uh, that you buy says, uh, mm-hmm. that's, right. you know, follow those instructions. Of right. course, uh, run the first little bit of beer out. Throw that away, and then uh, the rest uh, goes right into your 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 receiving keg. Uh, keep an eye on it. Maybe put a monitor on it, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be out of the room, so you don't uh, come back to to cry to a bunch of uh, lost beer. Sad, sad, sad thing. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that's great education on uh, filtering. I think uh, good show. I think uh, now that uh, now that I've heard all that, uh, I don't know. Eh, probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. I actually filtered some ciders oh. and uh, did oh, nice. well with ciders in the second round, and, and I think filtering. Uh, Filtering had a had a big uh, part. You always of that. do well insider. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like being insider. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know JP uh, enjoys that uh, as well. Very. Did so I hurt your back? Uh, yes. Oh, okay, yes. 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 Absolutely. Insiders. Yes. 
So uh, coming up next is uh, the big uh, Q&A show where, you know, live, just ask us your questions. We'll, we'll answer them uh, best we can. We've got a lot of experts here in the room, and uh, we'll, oh, we'll knock those out of the park. Q&A. Oh, I misunderstood you. Q&A. Oh, no, okay, darn. And uh, uh, please visit uh, our sponsors, morebeer.com, uh, Downtown Joe's, also in Napa's, and uh, visit the Brewing Network store. Pick yourself up some uh, BN Army gear. Take it down to Downtown Joe's. Get yourself a discount on beer. Good stuff. Until then, brew strong. Brew strong, everybody.